So today's episode uh, with Corey is a pretty powerful episode. Um, I actually did coaching with Corey uh, with what I call Coaching Your Pocket back last uh, May. And uh, the results are pretty incredible of what happened. And so if you have any interest after listening to this episode of you know, uh, doing some coaching with me, just go to coachinyourpocket.net. That is the place uh, where you can find out more information about my coaching and how I do coaching. And I do coaching a little bit different, which there's an episode uh, three or four weeks back about uh, pricing that is an exact example as well of an exchange via Voxer, which is the app I use for coaching. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, I'm recording this in the moment of our COVID-19 crisis. So I hope all of you are safe and I hope all of you are healthy. And I hope that you do not allow your ideas during this time and any time to die in your hearts, heads, and hard drives. Let's get them out of there and let's get them rocking and rolling. And uh, appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. And uh, I'd love to hear what big takeaways you've had. So rock and roll and we'll talk soon. All right, there we go. Rock and roll. All right, Corey, welcome to Jumpstart Sessions, my man. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. It's good to be on here. Yeah, fantastic. I know we've had, because this will be a little different than some I've done, because you did some of the stuff with me in Boxer. Um, yes. So I will be curious, um, first and foremost, just people listen to this, give a little background to where you're at, but then I'd also love to see if you can identify from where we last kind of talked, where you were, and what's now kind of transpired, and you know what would uh, what would you like to talk about on today's call? Okay. Um, yeah. So to to go way back, I guess I uh, studied business education, and so I have a, a degree in that, and I've been teaching uh, like media classes, graphic design, video production type classes. Uh, at the high school level for 10 years now. Okay. And um, I did di- different things uh, with video growing up. And it was in 2018 of like October of 2018. I believe I, <clears throat> my wife was going to be a bridesmaid in, in a wedding. And I just asked if I could video their wedding. And uh, so that was kind of what got me started in all of it. So it was just uh, something I did for free and then turned into somebody else asking me uh, if they if I would be interested in videoing theirs. And so um, I did two weddings and then really thought about it and wanted to get some more information about, you know, maybe starting my own business and, and doing this on the side or maybe it becoming full-time i wasn't sure and so that's when i kind of ran into you on on facebook and did the uh uh, 30 days through boxer and um that was that was definitely huge for me uh because it it just gave me uh total insight because you had you know a ton of knowledge you had you had been in the same situation of you know doing weddings and all different types of commercial things and so Mm -hmm. um you know, you're able to, uh, you know, just 
feed me a bunch of things that, that I needed just to start understanding, like, you know, what I needed to do from the business aspect of things. Sure. And so where has that, where are you at in your kind of, uh, clarity around the direction that you maybe want to go from when we, gosh, gosh, that's probably already been <laughs> time flies. I don't know. It's been four or five months ago, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. less, but, um, what's kind of transpired since then? <laughs> So at that point, I, I think I had did like maybe three or four weddings at that point, And I was starting to try to like book clients and, and do different things. And um, you really helped out with that aspect of just, you know, figuring out how to uh, market myself because I wasn't 100% sure of, of what to do. Um, and so through everything that we talked about, I turned 2019 into 17 weddings, uh, that I, that I was able to do. And I already had tw- 24 booked for 2020 and some for 2021. So <laughs> <laughs> now maybe I zoned out for only a second there. How, how many did you do before we started talking or had you done? So I, I did one in 2018, and I want to say I'd only because I think it was in this was in the summer fall. I I'd maybe I did less than a handful. I know that. <laughs> and now in 2020, you've got 17, and you already have 24 for next year. So so it, through 2019, I completed uh, 17 weddings, and then I've got 24 set up for this year. Well, I guess I I did one in February, so I have 23 weddings for this year so okay okay well congratulations man (laughs) so this will be a hybrid session then because what i would love to hear is what potentially was said that uh did the literal jump start there for you for sure car car was kind of stuck on the side of the road i guess and you got you got moving so so tell me what were some of the 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 things that you did and and some of the things that maybe didn't work and some of the things that, that did work right um so you know some of the things that, that really stood out to me um, was just like being okay with putting myself out there and and making the contacts. Um, you know, I, I I did a lot of stuff on Facebook, and that's been the majority of it. I'd okay. say I've maybe I've maybe picked up a few clients off of um, Instagram and stuff. But then you know we also spoke about just kind of how you handle yourself in you know during the weddings because those are your potential clients for the future sure um and so um one uh one lady that i i booked a wedding with um just before i had even did hers um she reached out to one of her friends so i ended up doing her friend's wedding first and so through that one person i ended up doing five weddings uh just through connections of uh friends and siblings and everything that's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. So what what were you doing specifically on Facebook to drum up the business? Um, so the, the main thing that I did was I joined a bunch of just different wedding groups. And so I, I live in the, I live in Joplin, Missouri. So I live in the Midwest. Yeah. And man, you're not that far away from me. I think you're yeah. maybe four or five hours. Yeah. And so I just joined a bunch of different wedding groups in the different four state areas. So covering like Missouri, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas um, areas. And so I would just kind of watch for people to post looking for videographers. 
Um, and then any time that I completed uh, a wedding, um, the groups that would allow it, I would just share that work on there um, just for people to be able to view. And so, you know, I would get, you know, people um, asking about prices and different things. And so that was definitely something that um, that we discussed because I had no clue uh, what to do pricing wise. I didn't know how to manage that. And um, so that's that was definitely um, helpful through the through the jumpstart, just figuring out those business aspects, because um, I guess I was kind of nervous to price myself like I didn't want to overprice myself. But then sure. I quickly realized, like, I'm going to overbook myself if I don't start raising my pr- prices based on well, like, supply the content. and demand. Yeah, yeah. Well, supply and demand, too. And mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, people overprice too soon, though, and they don't get any momentum. And mm-hmm. so then they're like, oh, three years have passed and I've done three weddings. Oh, but I got them for $3,000 a piece, um, right. which is, that's great. You got $3,000, but it's difficult to get known and, and, and get better at what you do and build your confidence and build a reputation if you're only out there a couple times a year. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, that's a great, but then there is that, that line. Okay, now, now, and this is where, I mean, this stuff is great because we'll, we'll get into this in a minute, um, but I, I love one-on-one because there are nuances to where people are at and when they should do certain things and to act like everything is a one size fits all, just no matter what, double your rates or no matter what, do this. And, And there's a lot of that out there, especially when you're trying to generalize things to a broader population of people. Um, it's difficult to, to cover all the different nuances that, you know, a, a gal I had a call with yesterday, I, you know, and my wife said, do you only ask this of women? I said, no, I ask this to men and women. And it's like, where are you at right now? Cause I, 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 she was trying to grow a wedding business. And I said, but she was doing some other things she didn't really want to do. And I said, tell me this, do you need, uh, there's no judgment here. I don't even know what you make. It doesn't matter. There's no shame, but do you need to make money? Like, or is your husband, and this can happen vice versa, a guy who has uh, a wife and five kids and he has a full-time job and and maybe the wife does work too. And if he really wanted to pursue this, he couldn't quit his job, you know, because they need both incomes. And so people who are in those situations, I'm going to give different advice to than a person who is like, yeah, I I don't need the money, you know, And, and then just that subtlety of, you know, being an 18 year old who needs 800 bucks a month or something versus a, at any age, he could be 25 years old and need $8,000 a month, you know? And now if you're in a corporate, cause I see that people in corporate jobs that they've built a jail cell and they don't like it and they make six figures, but it's like mm. they've built a six figure lifestyle. So even for them, it's not easy for them to necessarily just jump ship because this, <laughs> this side thing they're doing, maybe only brings in, you know, $500 a month right now. And so they just can't, they can't immediately drop that. So where people are at, it, it matters because some of the decisions you make, some of the things you do will be slightly different. Now, one thing I'm going to say that I just said here a second ago, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm super proud of you. And for you Thank or anybody you. who's listening, the only, <laughs> only thing I would say, because I was just talking to my wife about this is, you know, quite frankly, I, I don't know if you had any intention. Um, but you know, I had no idea, right? We, we did the 30 days. I mean, full transparency at that moment in time in your career, you, you chose to not 
uh, you know, move on with any of it. And at the time of doing that, I was, I was offering a trial. So that, you know, it was no cost to you for those 30 days. And then really there's no other connection. We, we didn't hear anything. Uh, I didn't hear anything. And, and I was telling my wife, I'm like, you know, I have with the podcast or even this, we had interaction. And I'm like, unless I talk to the people, I tend to not know whether people are getting anything out of anything. Like if I've never interacted and they're listening to podcasts and things have helped them, I don't know. But this is an example of we even interacted. <laughs> Still, here mm. I am now talking to you and now you're telling me, but otherwise, you know, it didn't. So that, that's my only slight subtle disappointment. I, w- I, w- I wish you would have just uh, <laughs> gave me this, gave me this heads up without uh you know, get on this call, but you know, it's no big deal. But, uh, uh, but I am super happy, man. And, and that's, that's fantastic that, uh, because the thing is, and I, I've said this to people all the time is that, and this is a recent statement that has come up, which is there was elements for sure of you having clarity about around what to do. So that is for sure a problem from time to time, hundred percent, but there's other times that now, okay, we talked, Actually, you know, now, now no longer have a clarity issue about what to do. So the next biggest problem that people run into is not a not knowing what to do. It's that you don't want to do it. And so what you did, though, is interesting because I also, and this is what I've come to find to be a reality as well, and that I've had to build my own self-esteem and self-confidence around, is that people want the hardcore, concrete, step-by-step, Michael, how do I get business? How do I, how do I get the business? What exactly do I do? And the interesting thing is what you're telling me though, I didn't actually tell you to do. I don't believe I told you specifically to go join Facebook groups in your local area and then look for people that were, I mean, you can tell me otherwise. Sometimes I'm such in this zone. I don't know what I say, but, <laughs> but I, did I tell you that specific tactic? Do you remember? Um, I, I don't I, I, No, I don't think you, you told me that the, the main thing that, that I remember was just like making sure that, that I followed up with clients. And, mm-hmm. and that was, mm-hmm. that was definitely big because, you know, sometimes I would get disappointed. I would, I'd reach out to someone and then maybe I'd hear something, but then I wouldn't hear anything for a long time. And you just figured to um, know automatically. Yeah. And then like I had a, a girl just the other day and her wedding wasn't until 2021, but I had talked to her and then I hadn't heard anything. So I thought, Oh, well, that one's gone. And then she just contacted me the, the other day. Um, but like, you know, every once in a while I'd, I'd send a, a follow-up just, Hey, checking in on the wedding planning and, you know, seeing how you're doing that, that type of stuff and not trying to pressure them, but just letting sure. them know that, that I'm, that I'm still there. And, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the 30 days and then not really talk, but, you know, I did follow along with like the podcast and the jump starter sure. sessions sure. and things on, on Voxer that I listened to. And, and you actually led me to, you know, uh, finding a bunch of stuff from Parker Walbeck and, sure. um, you know, the full-time filmmaker stuff. And, you know, all of that has definitely uh, built, you know, the business that I'm doing. And it, it all started Fantastic. from the 30 days. So That's awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. Well, there's a great unintentional as we're talking about this plug <laughs> for, for doing uh, And anybody who's interested, I'm now, I'm also now calling it uh, coach in your pocket. So you can go to coach in your pocket.net and, I, I, I'm actually not doing 30 days at the moment. I've, I've shortened it a little bit. Um, uh, we'll just leave it at that because I don't know if I'll change that to 30 again or what it is. So we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But there still is in the current moment a uh, a trial period for somebody to just get kind of a, a taste of, of what it is there. But um, well, tell me now what 
so what's going on? What, you know, cause this is what happens and people forget and uh, until it's, you're going through it. Now you start to really experience it, which is the first problem is I don't even know how to get any business. You know, I've done a couple mm-hmm. weddings. I, I don't have a clue what to do. And now you're in this game a little deeper and you've got a bunch on the books and you've done a bunch more. Um, so what's that new thing that's now popped up? Because that's what happens, right? We figure out certain things. And then because these other things can't even, quote unquote, be a problem because it takes getting through certain, call it steps, to ever mm-hmm. have that even be something. So what have you seen potentially now pop up that um, you know, would, would be helpful for you to dis- discuss right now? Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely ran into the, the value situation very quick. You know, I mentioned, you know, trying to figure out my pricing and, and, and what I was doing there. Um, you know, something else I did, I, I ended up contracting. Um, it was actually a student that I had had who had been through my video production classes. And so I helped him kind of start up his own thing. And now he's, um, kind of doing photography and video and he's second shooting with me. Oh, fantastic. Um, but, you know, just right, right now, um, I mean, I'm, I'm completely happy with sure. what I'm doing, uh, but just, I don't know, trying to figure out how to maybe broaden my, um, the people that I'm able to do. Like, I don't know, I guess kind of like a dream of mine. Like I see these like amazing locations that people are doing weddings mm-hmm. at and mm-hmm. doing different things, you know, and, you know, I mentioned the full-time filmmaker, like I see, you know, Jake Weisler and they're like at these <laughs> amazing locations. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't get to do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, um, it's, it's but, interesting. I mean, I think that with that aspect, I mean, one of the things is, is that, I mean, we never know how people uh, get these things. And that's the thing, too, is I think, again, there's not this one size fits all it automatically works for everybody ap- approach. Uh, but it is a big relationship game on a lot of levels. Um, and, and, and what I found through the years is that I had a buddy way back in the day and, and he was doing eight and ten, fifteen thousand dollar weddings. And, you know. He even once said to me, though, he goes, your work might be just as good or better than mine, but the people I'm working with, they don't like your prices now. So this was an interesting thing. But granted, unless, you know, I I, I, I did solve this, but I didn't. So I'll kind of tell a little bit of the story here. But he's like, the people that I have, they want to be able to go. I got XYZ for XYZ photographer for 20 grand. I got XYZ florist for $75,000. I got XYZ videographer for 10 grand like there was a there is an egotistical thing about over extravagant you know wedding and 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 they're keeping up with the quote-unquote joneses scenario um when you get to some of those calibers of people um and the thing was he's like so your price he's like so i was still like 2500 dollars when i was friends with him and so he's like they don't want to say they got geb's wedding films for 2500 bucks (laughs) like even though your work is just as good or better now granted I don't know that I was going to, you know, change everything around what I did. I didn't to think he was going to send me all the leads I could ever need to book all the weddings I could ever want at a higher price. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that I found was, is that when people talk about their rates and getting higher and higher rates, what I did find was, is for me personally, um, and I shot weddings through about 2014, and some of this you may or may not have already heard, but when I got to a little bit beyond $4,000, I really 
let me digress for one second. When I was $3,500-ish, I was actually still delivering upwards of 10 to 12 deliverables. I mean, I had an intro highlight, pre-ceremony highlight, ceremony highlight. I mean, I was, some people aren't even doing any of that now, but I had all these different highlights throughout the day, and then I'd still do a same-day edit, and I might do a love story, and I'd do a basic edit of the ceremony reception. I just got a lot of deliverables, and I was doing that for 3500 now, when I shifted to 3500 but mainly delivering a, a one highlight video, which was my same day edit, and then a basic cut of the ceremony reception, I, I charged the same rate. But ultimately, I made more money because rather than it taking 40, 50, 70 hours to complete all these edits and the procrastination around them and everything else, it, I was almost done that day. And I just needed to pay a couple hundred bucks for my extra shooter, and I paid a couple hundred bucks for my simple basic edit. And that was it. But 99% of the main deliverable was my same day edit, which really was me pulling off the majority of it. Um, But the thing was, that was a psychological shift. That wasn't a demographic shift. Like when I shifted to be powerfully talking, because when people would say, well, wouldn't it be better if you had more than three hours and da, 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 da. I would just weekly be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was trying to sell the same day edit as an extra thing. And because I had no confidence in it for years, most people wouldn't pay for it. And so I would still do it because I'm like, well, when I do it, people love it. and I love it. And it's a blast. So I just surprised people. Well, when I shifted to mainly making that deliverable, like I said, it was a psyche issue. Like I had to overcome all the limiting beliefs I had and the things people would say to me around, why would we want that? That seems kind of, especially if people didn't experience it. People who experienced it, were an easy sell, but people who hadn't and referrals or they weren't at the wedding, but the friend just said, you need to you know, look this guy up. It was still a newer thing. And people just didn't get why. And when you think of value, people usually go more hours, more effort, more time. So if the guy's only doing this edit in two hours, how on earth could that be the best thing you could put together? But when I started to realize, well, for Michael Gebbin, it is the best thing I will ever put together because I won't even I'll procrastinate. Like, I just don't make a better edit having 15 hours to work on it. But now some people do. They need more time. They're not good under pressure. But I couldn't say that with conviction to somebody. Once I was able to, it shifted. Now, with price, price can be a psyche thing regardless, but also there can become a demographic thing. And so what I found was is I had leads out the yin-yang coming from people who you know, five years ago, they had their friend's wedding for a thousand bucks and, you know, and all these kinds. So the, the weddings I had were people that getting into that three to $4,000 range, I was starting to max these people out. It was like, you know, they you can try to charge 5,500 or $6,500. It didn't mean I wasn't going to book anybody. Uh, but if you do the math, let's just, I'm not super mathematician here, but if I have some round numbers, I can try to make this work out. But if I did 30 weddings at, call it four grand, that's $120,000. If I only do 15 at five grand, that's what, $60,000? So that math doesn't work out. That's not worth losing half my weddings because now I'm making, you know, pretty much half as much money as well versus making the same. So how would I lose half and still make the same? I need to be charging eight grand. And when I just went up to $4,500, I was losing like way more weddings than I was used to. And I was starting to go, okay, well, the lead flow is not going to 
like, it's not going to match up. Like usually I had this many weddings by this time and I'm nowhere near that. And so literally just dropping it a little bit back down. I think I was like, I said 4,500 ish. And I remember going down to 3,900 and I started booking pretty easy again. And so I knew that what I would need to do is I would need to start building relationships with people who were of a different caliber from the wedding planners to the photographers, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing was, and this was my decision, I, I figured that out in my mind around 2000, late 2010, 2011. But at that time, I was already six, seven years into filming weddings. I knew in my heart at that moment, I wasn't called to do weddings for the long term. And so I felt I'll just stay at the price I'm at um, because the effort it's going to take me by the time I'm now cycled into a whole new demographic and audience of people and getting a bunch of leads through those people that could afford to pay me six or 7,000 for the same effort. Cause that was the thing too, right? I don't want to now charge 7,000, but need to offer 8,000 times more things. And that's what a lot of people, even I saw, it's like, yeah, they're getting 8,000, but they're spending, I mean, I, I've honestly heard on the high end, some videographers spending upwards of, you know, 80 to 150 hours on their, you know, 25 minute doc edits of a, of a wedding. You know, and I just, I'm like, I'd rather get 3,500 to be done more or less the day of the wedding than I would to have to spend three weeks editing someone's film. And are they making a better video or film? That's subjective. I literally had couples who, this is back to the opinions of others and, and what we have to do that's right for us. Because what I did that was right for me was right for the couples that were attracted to me. And so people who wanted fancy long form edits, then I just wasn't their person. But people, I literally, I had some people helping me and there was a period of time where we were starting to add in because a lot of my edits, what I was, my zone of genius was literally just a music video. I mean, it was, it was a music and clips, you know, that was it. There weren't extra sound. I mean, there was nothing crazy about it in the big picture and full circle I found which I think is something you brought up here is that my personality even was a much bigger play and role that played into, you know, people booking me and the conversations I would have and, and, and whatnot. Um, and then my work was a big part as well, but my personality was, I felt now full circle through everything I've seen an even bigger part. And so the thing was, is that, um, let me come back here for a second. Uh, is that, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it doesn't happen too often. I get in the zone and I keep, I keep flowing. But um, what was I going to say there? Uh, I had a point that I was making. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So is that I was editing some of my videos with the, the sound bites because they were being edited by somebody else. And so they were mm -hmm. experimenting with adding in the priest and adding in speeches and adding in some of that stuff. And I literally had couples when they, because I had more videos that were online that did not have that in it. And I started to have couples go, I don't want any of those. I've seen some of the videos you've put online that have, you know, some of those sound in it. I, I don't want any of that in there. And so that's when anybody could tell me, peers and whatever, you know, oh, well, that, you know, because what happens is, is people who hate same day edits and might edit longer form videos with a bunch of sound. If they talk to a couple, they're going to annihilate me potentially i mean not always but they have the potential to annihilate like if the couple goes well we're really thinking about such and such and they do same dads they could be like 
same day edits, I'm telling you that they're really disservicing you if they do a same day edit. You know, they're not really creating the best film that they could. They're leaving X, Y, Z out, da, 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 da. And they can start talking really negatively about that then making the person question, oh, well, are they right? Like, should I want this 25 minute, you know, long form highlight type of video? And the thing was, the reason I went down to just the same day edit is because when I was doing probably just as much or more than some of these people with the 10 to 12 edits, I was asking the couples, what do you watch? And they were saying the same day edit. And they'd had their DVD for six months. And they're like, I haven't watched one single video outside of the same day edit yet. And I thought, this is insanity. Like, I don't like putting those things together. I can't seem to even get editors who like to help me put them together. <laughs> and and like, you're not even watching them. And I'm like, this is what I procrastinate on, blah, 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 blah. And that's when I just, I had this defining moment of like, enough is enough. Like, I'm about to, like, I don't, I don't have a life or business or anything that I'm like pumped about. But there's this 20% that I'm doing the same day edit thing that I love, my couples love. What would, you know, I don't have anything to lose because I'm about to give up. So it was that, you know, just kind of rock bottom moment of going, I have nothing to lose to just go. I'm just going to offer that. That's going to be my sweet spot. And when I talk to people, I'm going to have such a conviction around it that it is what it is. And we'll roll the dice. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. Um, and then it, that same style of work transitioned to all the things I did outside of weddings as well. But to come full circle for your question, it's that <laughs> I do believe that had I, I really still was in love with, I mean, if I'm more fully honest, me doing this right now on the phone call with you is been a very, very long time in the coming. Like I, I, I have loved this since like 2010 and 11. I got into events and conferences with the Tony Robbins type of people, not because I wanted to make money in that industry, but because I wanted to learn from those people to do what I'm doing with you right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's all come full circle. So video wasn't my, like running around with the camera wasn't my ultimate passion. The more I experienced people at my, whatever I was filming, I knew rather than spending 80% of my time on a video project, running around doing something with film, and then 20% of my time getting to talk and interact with people, I just wanted to spend more or less 100% of my time you know, interacting with people and helping people. So that's the reason there. So it wasn't that I hated weddings. Weddings were a bad thing or anything else I did was a bad thing. It was just not the right thing for me. But I needed it in my life to get to where I could talk to you right now and help you do what you love and, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and do more of it. And so it's all come full circle. But if I believe in every bone in my body, had I wanted to do weddings long term, that it was the relationships that were going to open those doors. If there's anything that I've seen, it's that the higher and higher end things get, the more it is referral and relationship driven. Um, you've mm -hmm. already seen that even at the at the sector you know, where you're at. It's that way all across the board. But I do find that the higher and higher amounts of money that people pay, the fancier and fancier things are, the less and less they are just going to Google or going online and just typing things in and coming across people. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I had some of my six figure, you know, video clients that were, you know, I mean, they were hundred percent referrals. I mean, it was, you know, and, and, and one I'm thinking of right now that, almost made over 200,000 over three or four year period of time. Um, they came from a free project that I did. Um, I had done it in a, a few months later, there was a, the speaker that I ended up working with. I made the money off of, he was at an event speaking that I did for free where I did a quick onsite edit while I was there. That speaker who was there asked the guy who I did the thing for free, who did your video? He told him it was me. 
And then, you know, I got the guy on the phone and I didn't do anything for free for that guy. Uh, I got paid right out of the first project we did. And then over the course of the next number of years, we did a bunch of projects together. But like I, I, in all the years of having 10 or 20,000 or 30,000 or six, $8,000 projects that I can think that I got from somebody that I had no clue who they were. They had no clue who I was and, and found my site and filled out my contact form. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, <laughs> but I can't think of any. Um, I can't think of any. I, I can. Most of my things came through text message, came through messenger. I even had a fairly decently paid job that came through Voxer. Like the, I, I got from one of my coaching clients um, uh, or excuse me, from one of my video clients, is how I found out about Voxer. He was coaching people, ironically, through Voxer, but I was doing video work for him. And then one of his clients was on Voxer. So he connected me. He made the introduction on Voxer and I had audios back and forth. And that was, yeah, and I remember that specific one. That was a $12,000 project. And I more or less closed the whole deal via Voxer. Um, and, and then the most, like I said, phone calls, email, but like the amount of times that my contact form was even filled out, we're few and far in between because the people were making introductions via text message via a Voxer when I was doing that, but not many, just that one really, but then email and messenger, um, things like that. But nobody was coming through my contact form and just, you know, here's an event. Cause what I find is, is if people, here's part of the thing. If people don't have any options or any referrals and they start going to sites, they might not care who they get. And if they don't care who they get and they also can't distinguish one person from another, they also don't want to pay as much money either. Because if you are $6,000 and to the consumer's eye, you don't look much different than this person over here who's $2,000, then it really does going to boil down to your, your, your personality and things. But at the same time, if they also still don't have a compulsion to have you and you just from a visual final product standpoint don't look a lot different – it's still more difficult for someone to pay uh, a premium if they don't have this almost fan type of thing as well, right? When people, you know, like the friend thing, you start getting in that loop and then it's like, oh my God, you did all my friend's wedding, my friend's friend's weddings and da da da, and mm -hmm. I gotta have you, you know, and that's what starts to happen. Um, the thing is, if you get in that cycle, there's just the potential that you're not, you know, it's, you know, I've heard people who once said they had a, a company, I won't mention their name, but they were very expensive and they had uh, place cards at their wedding that said, sorry, there's really no decorations and there's no da, 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 da. I think they made the people bring their own food and they said, but we spent all our money on X. Like the value was so high that they wanted XYZ video company that they basically still spent the 20 grand on them while they had no money left over to do much of anything else for the rest of their wedding. That is not how you want to build your company where you're relying on the like 1% of the 1% who will do anything and spend the money regardless, right? You, you'd rather be with, you know, it's much more likely that if you had 20 leads and their average budget was 50 to $250,000, that you could book a, a decent chunk of those people. But if you had the same 20, it, it, well, sorry, at, at say 10 grand. Right. If, if the budget for the wedding is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and all the people you talk to, all their budgets are one hundred and fifty grand, you have a higher probability, all things you know being equal, that you could book a chunk of them at, at, at ten grand. Now, mm -hmm. let's say you get 20 leads and all their weddings are twenty five thousand dollars for the whole budget of the whole wedding. 
I'm not saying you won't get any, but it will be more difficult to book um, some of those. It's just a capacity issue, right? My house, I've had people who've been out of town. We live here in the Midwest. Our house was $110,000. And I've had people who live in, you know, Colorado and they're like, oh my God, this, this thing would be 750 grand. <laughs> well, the problem is if I decided, oh, everybody's telling me my house is worth way more money and I wanted to sell it. And I'm like, well, it's worth 750 grand. We already got 20,000 knocked off our house. It was 130 grand to begin with. There's actually full circle. There's like two minute walk from my house. There is a 10,000 square foot, nine bedroom, nine bathroom on almost two acres and a house out back that's not included in what I just said. There was 750 grand and they haven't been able to sell it. And it's now $550,000. It's been on the market for like three years. So at times we can believe in ourselves. We can have the confidence, the clarity, the value, the work, the know what to say, the chops, everything. But if we're dealing with people in the majority of people whose capacity just, you're going to be pushing them to the limit. doesn't mean you'll never book anybody. But it's like, okay, yeah, you booked one wedding a year at 20 grand. Well, it's like, well, if that's all you really want to do, then maybe you're, you're set, right? You get that one person a year that pays you 20,000 bucks. But if you need to make or you want to make $80,000 a year, then obviously that's now an issue, right? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't work that you can, yeah, I'm so proud I can book one wedding a year at 20 grand. Um, it'd be better that you could book 30 at three grand or two grand even, you know? Um, yeah, it's a lot more work. I get it. But, you know, I've always said too, I mean, you, you got to find, you know, lately I've been fi- saying, you know, build your life recipe. How much salt do you want on it? And some people don't like any, some people like a little, some people like a lot. So you might love weddings, but go, yeah, I just don't want to do 35 a year. Um, so you can find that sweet spot. But to me, I go, you know, I love my wife. I don't want to just say, I want to see her once a year. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's finding that, that balance, but I, I find it hard to believe that you would love doing weddings and only want to do three. A year. I'm not saying you, right. But there's that idea right. that to me, it seems like a number that I see from a lot of people is 12 to 15 ends up being like, they really love doing them, but that that's a good number because they get beyond that and it can get exhausting. You know, if you're doing you know, weddings basically two thirds of the year. I mean, you do 30 or 40 weddings. I mean, you're almost every Saturday and that, that, that can be a bit much for somebody, but anyways, it's relationships is what I would say. And, and being able to, you know, build relationships. Cause if you're all your friends who are photographers, let's say they don't charge more than three grand and they refer you people, it's just going to be hard. I mean, that's usually one of the things that's still booked more expensively than a videographer. Right. right. You know, your, your photographer, your florist, unfortunately, these are still people who, People will pay more money for them before they'll pay until you're just this, I got to have, right? You're that just rock star status. People from all over the world want to have you and people will pay whatever you charge. You've got plenty of leads for that. But in that interim, you know, you, you need to have relationships with people who you know, are doing those more uh, and seek that out. And whether it's even up front, because there's also a level, this is going to, I don't think I've said this publicly, so I better word this right because this can come across. I, I, I tend to not watch my words sometimes. and in the world we live in, <laughs> you got to be careful. Uh, but it's interesting. A high-end person who is already of affluence isn't too attracted by the opposite, right? So they don't, if all you have are examples of weddings that basically appear to not be non-affluent, um, you know, they're, I don't know, call them whatever you want, but they're, you know, 
cheaper places, whatever. And you're like, they're not these epic venues and epic things. And, and the affluent person can watch all your samples and see that there's zero weddings in your portfolio that were shot of their caliber. Okay. Mm. The opposite is true for people who quote unquote are not affluent, right? There's an aspiration. If I'm a person who doesn't have a lot of money um, to book something and I see this rock star person at these rock star venues, I aspire to that, right? So mm -hmm. that means some people will, will attempt to still, they might not have the budgets or whatever, but I aspire to have that videographer, right? Maybe they find you today that you don't get married for eight years and then now you've been getting more expensive. They still might have like, I got to have you, so I'll pay that 20 grand, right? They aspire to that. But people who are the opposite don't aspire to be of non-wealth and of non-sexiness or whatever. And so the thing is, you'd need to in any way, shape, or form get that type of stuff into your portfolio. Right. Whether gotcha. that's somehow doing them for free, whatever, you know, combining your, your forces with a photographer or a venue or whatever and finding your way into a wedding like that where they might not. You know, I have a buddy of mine, Ray Roman, who's been around since 2009 um, when I was still filming weddings. You know, even he just recently I saw him say still to this day, I see this number all the time. Forty percent of weddings do not have a videographer. Um, so there's still huge and he's doing high end weddings and he's saying that even for that, the high end weddings, the majority still don't have it. So there's, there's a high probability that if you made connections with some kind of higher end, you know, whatever vendor, um, that they're going to have some wedding coming up that doesn't have a videographer at it, that you could go and potentially offer up to make a little promo for them. Get, I mean, everybody, I mean, you take the Parkers now and these type of things that are out there, people are wanting behind the scenes footage of themselves. They might not know why or have a reason quite yet but it's becoming a better idea to have some kind of behind the scenes footage whether you can just use it for your own marketing you're not going to put a course or anything else together um mm -hmm. and so that's something that could be offered to them and then you know you don't want to do that at a wedding they have a videographer but you could do it at the one that doesn't and then you know all you have to worry about is putting a little highlight video together for them as well and now you could just film to create a highlight video for the, that vendor and maybe some extras while you're there the other vendors but number two um make a highlight video for that couple, you know, and now that's something that gets put into your, into your portfolio, because I'll tell you what, my event conference world, it was non-weddings. Uh, when I, I, I had the video, I've, I've only changed it once in like 10 years. And it was like last year, just a, a final simplification of, of stuff. Um, and to redirect some links, some places that weren't on my old site, but my old site for the bulk of my career, uh, there was like 10 videos on the front page and about eight of them were free videos. Videos mm -hmm. I did for Tony Robbins were on there. The first video I did for him was free. The first the video for Richard, or not Richard Branson, um, Tim Ferriss, like these videos that I had on there, they were like my, you know, they were my freebies and they were the videos I was even almost most proud of, but nobody, it didn't hurt me from, from uh, getting highly paid work either in that world, you know, but I was also showing aspiring people, right? People that, a smaller event goes, oh, I want the videographer who did Tony Robbins, you know, thing. Um, but unfortunately, I hate to say this, but there is a truth to the fact that, you know, you don't have to have celebrity things. But there, again, the opposite is not true. A super affluent person doesn't go, I want that guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't never happen. But there is that celeb when you're wanting to deal with the affluent or you want to get a lot more, you want these epic venues and weddings and all these things like 
there, there has to be that level of somehow getting it. And usually the easiest way can be relationships uh, because now you're going to get into a cycle and it doesn't mean you'll never end up having it. Cause I had that happen. It happened the same way you're getting the weddings you're getting um, where I got a really cool destination wedding or a really cool uh, vendor and venue. I mean, part of that right now, you wouldn't have to change anything and that would just happen. But again, it became the minority, not my majority. Uh, now, I would say it's still a lot of my weddings were really cool. The couples were cool. They just were not in the demographic of people who were going to be willing to pay me eight or ten or fifteen thousand um, dollars right. on the regular. Right. But I got really cool weddings. It's just that I started to cap in that four grand. So that's my, as usual, long and drawn out answer to that. <laughs> but I, I don't just give the, just build relationships. <laughs> so that's not as fun. <laughs> yeah, but but does that make sense, man? I mean, what are your thoughts that pop up yeah. out of that, or that kind of the yeah, but or that does make sense? But you know, here's what I'm thinking. No, I mean it, it definitely made me just think back. I remember when we were doing our our boxer stuff. Um, I mentioned at that time I wasn't sure what my business wanted to be i was like well maybe i want to do weddings and then do some graphic design or some and you're like you need and you told me that i needed some clarity like i need to pick one thing uh focus in on it hone in on that um and i that's probably like one of my um struggles right now i mean obviously i'm doing uh strictly just weddings but then like my brain works and i'm like oh what what about this or what about that and so just trying to keep that clarity the focus after, really as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, I have to remind myself, like, you know, you mentioned the editing time and stuff, you know, because I try to get my stuff back to my clients, you know, relatively um, soon because uh, I don't want to be okay. completely backtracked, you know. And yep. um, so I finally got caught up from this last fall and winter and stuff. And, you know, that, that feels good to not have too much on my plate getting For ready sure. to go back into wedding season. So, sure. Just, trying to keep that clarity, I guess, you know, and well, and it's, you, it's, you don't see real quick. I want to chime in because when people say again, like I bring up Parker and what he's accomplished with his full-time filmmaker, what people who aspire to that again, right. There's an aspirational thing, but his level of focus, commitment, dedication, you know, da, 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 da is higher than most people, right. The people I know who are getting the highest with weddings, doesn't mean they never do anything else, but that, that is their specialty. Right. Mm-hmm. That is typically the main thing. And I, some of the people I know who are getting ten, twenty thousand dollar weddings, they do do commercial stuff and corporate stuff. They do. Um, but they're almost more known in the wedding space um, until maybe they decide that they don't want to do them anymore. And, and, and I, I know very few who are like, you know, I would say like a U2, right? Like U2, the band has been around quite mm-hmm. some time now. And there's very few who have transcended time for that long of period of time and continue to do that thing, right? There's very few who've gone and they're like still rocking and rolling and getting great work, doing great work and making great money. And they're just too focused on weddings for the most part over a long, over a long haul versus you change direction all the time. It's hard to have any depth. It's hard to get known for anything. Um, so it doesn't mean you can't ever say yes to anything else, but it's like, it is the distractions that, that slow our progress down from um, the fact that you could go, man, I love doing weddings and I'd love to get hiring weddings, these cool venues, but it's like the more distracted you continue to become, then you, you take away that focus. And it's like, well, maybe you'll get there and maybe you won't, but it's going to take a lot longer if you continue to rabbit hole down other things. And the one thing I want to say is, um, you know, where's the job situation? 
Are you, are you still a teacher or have you now made a, made a jump? Where's uh, that at? Still, still teaching full time too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I don't know, that's my, that's my security blanket for sure. Um, and you know, probably the fact of being a teacher for 10 years already and being invested retirement wise, like just trying to be smart with, uh, money situations and things because I mean I I have a wife and two kids so I have sure. to you know like yep, you like right. you talked about you know I have to make sure that I'm taking care of them and doing smart things for my family as well and not just you know jumping shit because I want to so yeah and and there's nothing and 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 I want to say because I always try to do this because I know and you didn't change too much some do but there's no shame. Like I don't want anybody to ever for a long time, I'd actually argue the opposite for myself, even because I, I, even my wife, I think, you know, I, I almost forced her, pushed her. She's wired the opposite of me. Um, so I'm much more risk. Yeah. You know, I'm all try all sorts of crazy things and, you know, well, I'll figure it out. <laughs> sometimes it <laughs> plays out great. Sometimes it doesn't, but she, for a long time, so, so I'm, I'm kind of talking about the past now. She was not that way at all. And she was the opposite of me. Um, but the forcing her was not helping and forcing people to be jumping ship or being entrepreneurs or taking these risks or, oh man, well, you got this momentum with your wedding company. Why just quit? You know, and some people do that. And, and, and for me, I just don't believe that. Um, and, and now my wife is all sorts of an entrepreneur and loves the life and, at times I'm still like, I, yesterday I told her, can you pinch me? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like <laughs> you're kind of quite different than that, you know, and I, I love it. I mean, she's, she's, she was amazing before and, and now it's just, it's incredible. But, um, you know, the things and you know, she's inspires me every day, but, um, but it's one of those things we've got to do it at our own pace. And, you know, you took the little assessment ahead of time and, you know, you are more wired the opposite of me. Um, mm. and, and so, you know, that's why you are taking the, you know, it's more secure and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I would ask the question, I mean, regardless, just playing around for a little bit for a second. Um, money is not an issue whatsoever. Um, you know, you're going to endlessly be able to take care of your family, take care of money. Um, where's the school job sit there? For yeah, you? I, I, I mean, I go, I go back and forth on that because, like the creative aspect, like I love, I love doing the wedding. Like I love any type of storytelling really, you know, mm-hmm. creating something with the camera and editing it. Um, but I, I still do have a passion for teaching others that same uh, aspect. And so I think that's, that's, that's the nice thing about what I, what I do. Like the Perfect. classes I teach are the things that I love to do. So that definitely helps. And then I get to see, you know, students grow up and you know do the same thing you know follow their passions and so i still i still get enjoyment out of that fantastic man well that's good that's perfect then that's perfect because that's always my and there's no right or wrong answer ever to that but that's always my thing because it's like um when when people say well i i don't love it you know and then you're just because then i question well then okay in the short term and in the interim do what you've got to do for that security and safety. But if there's really not a passion there and there's not a love, then then there's no reason to think, well, I got to do this for the next 30 years just because I'm going to be safe and secure. As we're seeing in our world at the point of this recording, things can change in an instant. So 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's always been that way. But, uh, but yeah, you still have that passion and that love. And I was just going to throw out too, I, I, I've done this a few times. I mean, if you uh, probably a little further away than right now, we'd have to see about the driving. But if anything else, I was going to say possibly, I don't know why all your rooms are set up, but I'd, I'd be happy to do a little zoom session or something uh or pop up on your screen and do a little session sometime for for your kids if that would be of any interest uh, yeah for sure that would be awesome for you yeah so we can talk about it off camera but i just wanted to throw that out there but yeah but then that's perfect man then i mean but there's the thing as well right so the distraction it's twofold because weddings can work really well for you right now because you know you you, you have your teaching assuming obviously during the week and so mm-hmm. you try to do too many things outside of weddings you're going to start to run into some conflict there a little bit um, with being able to pull them off because a lot of other things do typically take place during the week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if you've already run into that or you've seen that or how that's worked out for you or, or if you're able to work it into your <laughs> teaching with your kids and they, they help <laughs> out. I, I don't know how that all works either, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing that the only other thing I've done is just from, um, I've done a, a little bit of photography and this was from actually parents of kids that I had with their businesses. So, you know, did some photo work and then I did a little bit of, uh, graphic design work for, um, an, another company, uh, same thing, a parent of a student that I had had. Um, okay. but you know, I, I, I look at some of the other things like real estate and different things. And I, and I just, I don't think I have enough time. And so just trying to stick with that clarity and, and finding the focus. And so maybe I do just need to stay with the weddings right now. So. Yeah. Well, and something I mean, if you like storytelling, I mean, I, I you may or may not be able to turn this into even money. I don't, I don't know what your school situation, but I mean, I have a few friends. I mean, they, uh, they got on the low end anywhere from $4,000 to $25,000 doing video work for schools and universities. Um, so I don't know how much you've uh, pursued anything within your, where you're, you know, currently teaching for being able to have any opportunity to one, just do videos, but to turn it into any kind of extra additional revenue um, by being able to propose, you know, video content to uh, the school. Is that something mm-hmm. that you've ever thought about or have already explored or um i haven't i haven't done anything like specifically uh with like offering them a a budget amount for me to do x y and z um one of the classes that i teach we do cover um live stream events uh so we do like different sporting events and then um things that aren't copyrighted so like not obviously we can't cover like band and choir and stuff but other events that take place at the at the school for that and i do get you know reimbursed for my time at at that but um but yeah i mean that would definitely be something of interest and and i always wondered you know like even just surrounding schools and things like that maybe don't have a program like we have if they would be interested in something like that for sure well there's a site uh, it's Route Three Films. That's Route R O U T E three, the number three, and then Films. Uh, that's a good friend of mine here in St. Louis area, and he's done uh, a bunch of schools and nonprofits. That's the main thing he does. And so there's a bunch of samples on there that you could definitely um, check out as well, just to see kind of examples of the of the work. But uh, I just threw that out. It could be a fit. I'm not saying to pursue that um, necessarily or do any more than you're already currently doing, but 
something like that could be more of a, a synchronous fit um, mm-hmm. to you already having a relationship and having doors open there. That That's the thing sometimes in the situation you're in, it's like if you were to do anything from a financial or business perspective outside of the weddings right now, it is what could be taken advantage of within the ethos that you're already in, you know, within mm-hmm. that, that school network rather than, you know, there you are, there's a million things. And that's what, you know, people's usually biggest problem with making money in business is because of, it's not a problem that there's a, there's not a lack of opportunity. It's actually the lack of, it's the indecision of never going deep anywhere. It's just like, Oh, I'm going to shoot real estate videos for a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm a little bored with that. And I'm gonna go shoot this for a couple of weeks and there's no depth and you don't get known. And, and it's just like, again, uh, if you're not different from anybody else, like just think of anything you have, even yourself, like what would you pay a premium for? If you really truly feel with every bone in your body, it's over here for 50% less. And there is zero difference. Mm-hmm. It just logically, I mean, even me, I mean, logically most people, unless you fall into that category again, sometimes of, affluence when you, people have a lot of money sometimes they don't care like they will just spend more because the automatic always assumption is that if it's more it's better um and that's not necessarily of course always the truth but um you know just a lot of people so that's why unless you're in a much higher demographic uh of people it's one of those things where you know um i mean one we need to be doing that anyways i mean the, the economy that we're running into is that um it is even on a higher end, it can start to not look drastically different. That's why kind of personal branding and yourself. And it's probably a thing. The reason, I mean, the way you're wired with the security, um, certainty, not that we all don't need those things, but your style of personality needs it more than your opposite does. So we all Mm -hmm. need it, but it just, we all need it at differing levels. And so, um, and then, you know, the, the, the ability to, be a teacher, be that consistency. You like that consistency. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing is, is that weddings can give you that consistency that a lot of other things, because when I look back, I mean, honestly, uh, it was a lot more attractive coming full circle with the weddings than like my events in conference world. Cause I had some of these freaking people, they'd be calling me two weeks out. Whereas, I mean, prime of my wedding career, people weren't booking me a week or two out. I mean, they're booking me 12 to 18 months, which is things you're already seeing as well, right? People are booking and planning those things well in advance. So there's, there's a certainty and security that can be produced within the wedding industry for you. Um, and uh, honestly, the style of work you're doing for weddings, I mean, what I found is, is that in the big picture, um, there's not, unless you're doing completely different style of work, I, I found like the conference world that I was in, people can think, oh my gosh, it's so different. It's like, well, yeah, it is, but it's also not like, if anything, it, it can be even if people could get bored from the weddings, what people forget is if you transfer from one thing to another, you think it's different, but then you end up with the same problem. Cause what I found is the wedding or the non weddings that I've done through the years, they booked me less in advance at times. The money didn't always pan out for me. You know, if I'm getting $4,000 for one day at a wedding at times I should have been getting at a five day event, I should be getting 20, 25, $30,000, but the people, it's the same thing. Even though I was dealing with people who had multi-million dollar businesses, $30,000 for a highlight video at their event still wasn't making sense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so the average still became five to 10, $12,000. But if I took the math out to the time spent to do a wedding, I actually made better money 
a lot of times when I was doing weddings than at times when I was doing the non-weddings. And I had to fly everywhere to do the uh, conferences. So there was a sexierness it looked like to it because I'm working with these celebrity people and that. But uh, ironically enough, you know, you only can see these things when they come full circle and your uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. But, you know, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of pros to the weddings um, that, you know, at times we're just wanting to explore, you know, and that's the thing you get on a, a full-time filmmaker, you get on Facebook, you get on these things. It's just what you had, right. You have this comparison thing. You start seeing people traveling or you start pe- seeing people do this or that, or these, these venues and things. And then you start going, you start wishing and dreaming. And it's not that that's a bad thing. Um, it's just that everything has its pros and cons. And so when you trade the local, which we didn't, I'm, I'm totally, well, I'm, I'm loving this. So I'm, I, there's a few more things I want to probe with you anyways, to see where you're at, even with the pricing. But it's like, at times, if we trade the $2,500 to $3,000 weddings that are local right now, because um, that's the other thing I've seen with weddings, not that you couldn't, again, depends on where you're at, but a lot of the people I know are getting hired on weddings. They travel for their 20 weddings they do a year. Every single wedding's getting on a plane to go in some exotic, you know, or going somewhere. You know, uh, they're mm-hmm. not all, they're not getting these ten or $20,000 weddings all driving 20 minutes down the road. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's those things that can happen as well because it, it depends on where you live, right? I mean, I, I know some people who are in St. Louis, Missouri, who are definitely regularly with more photography than they are video. Um, you know, getting $10,000 photography jobs, but even that person, he travels a lot more for them than he does them local. So, um, you know, it just is interesting. So where you're at in Joplin, you know, there, there may not be the ability for you to book 20 weddings a year at 10 grand, you know, there might be, but there might also not be like where I live. Uh, you know, there's, there's the, the one or two people a year that I can drive five minutes and I could get paid seven or $8,000 for the wedding, but there's not, there's not 20, 40 people a year that, you know, I, I could hundred percent get within a 10 mile. I, I'd have to be at least driving probably 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half to, to find those people. So uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, so I'm not telling you to not pursue any of that, but just realize everything comes with its uh, pros and cons. And sometimes the cons to me is pros to you. So it's not, it's all self self-induced what is uh what ones are pros for you and what ones are cons and that's why you just have to look at it for yourself and not let a michael gabbett or anybody else that's why no um i don't want to tell you what to do or how to think for you know what i think you should do i want to help you come to your own conclusions of what's best for you and what resonates and what's going to work and what's going to make you happy, you know, mm-hmm. and then that way you will be happy rather than me telling you to do things that you're not, you're not going to do, just, but you're, you're thinking you need to do them because I or someone else told you to do them. And that's what I find is most people don't take much action on things they don't really want to do. That's why you ended up finding you got what you needed out of what we did together. You're going to do the same thing today and you're going to uh, effectively do it with what resonates with you in the way that's going to work with you. And then that's why you got the results you got. Because if I shove down your throat, because let me ask you this, have you done one same day edit? I haven't. Okay, there you go. So you're having all the success you're having and nine times out of 10, and I don't remember if I did it for you, but I usually bring up and, and I might not have because 
I probably asked questions that told me that that would have been necessarily the right thing. But it's like I usually for somebody who's wired like me, I lean them in the direction of, of utilizing same day edits. But what did you do? You used the Internet because you're more not as extroverted per se, not as let me go bang down doors and meet all these different people and do it that way. You did it more through the internet. So you did it the way that resonated and look, which is why I'm so proud and pumped for you. You got results and there's lots of ways to get results. There's lots of ways to make money, but we have to do it with what's in alignment with how we're wired because me being way more extroverted. and, And like I said, the opposite of you, I will potentially do things far differently than you are. But if I force my ways onto you and then you think that's the only way, you might not take much effort or action uh, because it doesn't resonate with you. You might willpower your way through a little bit, but you won't sustain it for the long haul. Um, whereas now you're finding a groove that's working within how you, you know, how you are wired and who you are, and that's why you're winning. And it's, it's the resistance to being something we're not that has people flatlined and not moving forward. So um, – but the, the question I want to ask you is, where are we at on rates, out of curiosity? Where were you were when, before we talked initially, and, and where are you sitting right now, if you're willing right. to share? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I mentioned, first wedding I did for free, and then the next few I did was just like $500 is what I was charging. I think, you know, I was around 500 or something whenever we were talking, and then I slowly just um raised them as we went and so you know you know got up to like a thousand and so like now um they can book me for you know i'd say the average price is probably 1500 um and then so like my packages still can fall between you know a thousand being on the low end and two thousand or more if they throw a couple add-ons or something with it so okay okay well the one thing i'm gonna i'm gonna read this out loud i don't know if i've done this on a on an episode or I shared this with you. You remember me sharing you a, a little thing where a guy that I said I did a little bit with and it showed his uh, trajectory, year one, two, three, and four? Have you recollection of that? Yeah, I remember something about that. Okay, yeah. So year one was eight weddings at $400 on average. Year two was 14 at 900 on average. Year three was 18 and an average of 1200 Year four, when I had talked, he was at about 11 weddings and an average of sixteen to 1800 And then he ended up, I think with 36 that year between 2000 to $2,500. And so that is a great progression in a lot of ways. Uh, Because like I said, what I see is, is that the acceleration on prices goes to, I mean, if the demand's there, if you just got so many leads pouring pouring into your business, that's a whole different, whole different can of worms. But at the same time, just continuing to kind of ride that scale up as you continue to get out there, because you're going to have it. You're going to have, after you've done 25, 30, 40 weddings over, for a few years, you're going to have people, as long as you stay in this game, there's going to be people that you met last year that don't get married for five years that really liked you, liked what you did, everything. And they're going to contact you as long as you're still able to be contacted five years from now. Um, and so that's why in the beginning here, it's that planting those seats. You know, it's just getting out there like you're doing. And, and continuing to, to hold the line for that, you know, and, and, and it's better to get out there more right now and then start to ramp back a little bit because now it's like, if you are doing the 20, 25 weddings, but you, you decide, you know what, I, I, it would be about 15, you know, for whatever reasons, then it's like now you're probably gonna even have more leads. But since you, you have this, like, well, I really only want to get 15, you know, versus it, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know, I'll get as many as I can. 
uh, <laughs> you know, it's a different, different type of thing. Cause you still might not have enough leads. That's going to support you being able to book 40 weddings, you know, or something. Um, but it's like a confidence thing that happens with people. It's just, you know, we can have it happen at any time, but yeah, when you start getting more leads and you start getting more opportunities and more business, um, and you lack supply, it, it does just naturally get easier to be able to command certain rates because you know, there'll be somebody else that's going to, to, to say yes to it. I saw that Jake, you know, in the group once say, Oh, you know, I held strong at the 4,000. And I think he said it in the post, but if he didn't, it's like, because he hundred percent knew somebody else would contact him to book him for that 4,000. But if you're not a hundred percent certain that you're going to get another lead in the next three months, you're going to be a little bit more wishy-washy on your pricing. You're going to be a little bit more like, okay, I'll take that at $1,200. Because uh, at the time, again, it's it's better to be doing something than it is to do nothing. And I think the double your rate people who are out there and people who shame people with their pricing and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's not helpful. Um, because either they forgot where they came from or they don't really want to help people and that's how i've seen it now if you stayed at 500 dollars for 10 years and you're doing 30 weddings a year then i don't know there's just just i'd be questioning your intelligence level at that point in time (laughs) (laughs) but but you know there is a period of time where it's like yes there's a season and that season might be two or three years um but at times if you've started to do 15 20 weddings a year it doesn't take you two three four years of doing 10 or 15 weddings for you to start to get a lot better at your craft and to start mm-hmm. to get more demand going to where now, um, yeah, you can definitely raise your rates and you can get up there and you're going to have the confidence. It's just I hate seeing people who've been shamed into charging way more. And like I said, I, I've had a number of people who three or four years in, they've only done a couple weddings a year, but they got the higher rate. Uh, but they're like, oh, I got all these, but nobody says yes to me. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's just not a good good place to be in. So they, they jump the gun. But if you keep kind of riding it where – I mean, what I used to do, a simple way, was just going, okay, I do want to do, let's say, 20 weddings. So when I hit 10 at a rate that I know I'm confident and booking pretty solidly, then we'll go up by $250 or we'll go up by $500 and we'll try the next set of leads, see what happens, and we'll keep kind of inching up. And that's how I went from, honest to God, $500 in my first wedding to getting to, you know, at the prime of my career, I was at about 4000 regularly. But I also had it so dialed in that literally outside of that wedding day, having someone do a basic AB camera cut of the ceremony reception was like the only deliverable we had. It was the only thing to, to be done, you know, and make the DVD and get it out to them. But there, you know, the effort afterwards was not done by me um, and was very simple. Um, and so to me, that's where I even had a guy once who told me, you know, you're making more money and getting five or 10 grand for some jobs than um, we're making getting a hundred thousand dollars on a project. Cause our overheads, you know, $75,000 a month. And if we only have one month with, you know, a hundred thousand dollar project, like that doesn't mean we just all of a sudden made, you know, $75,000, you know, they don't have a lot left over. And and even some people who get into those levels, it's like, yeah, now if two months go by and they don't get a project, they're $150,000 in the hole because they've got 50, $75,000 of overhead every month. It's a, that's a constant. Um, Mm -hmm. and the beautiful thing about your business right now, they don't have much overhead. So all the money I'd assume overall, sort of, if you want to reinvest any in yourself with, with any gear or anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's profitable for you. You're not having all this over. You're not having this office space and, you know, I got a full-time editor and a full-time this and that. It's like, so when you make your, you know, $1,500 uh, times 15, 20, 25 weddings, 
it's a good little chunk of extra bonus cash there for you. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, so um, cool, man. Well, I, we'll we'll wrap this up here shortly. Any other? Uh, I'm excited to do an update with you in six months and see see what other uh, see what cool awesome <laughs> weddings you've done that are in a cool venue. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all, all the things you're, you're one of those, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I will just have to charge you on the future calls. So that I, I know you, you get value out of the first thing we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. man, it's all good. It's all good. But any, any final <laughs> thoughts or questions that maybe I, I don't even know what you wanted to fully get out of this today. And hopefully this was of course helpful, but, um, yeah, is there any no, final I, things that you got? I mean, I just, you know, first off, I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, taking the time and, and helping me out because I mean, it really was uh, beneficial and, and huge for me just to find the the clarity and the, and the road to go down. And so, um, you know, anybody out there that, you know, sees, sees your content, I, I definitely think they're benefiting from it, whether you hear back now. I know. I appreciate it. From now. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. No, it, it's good. And I've had, to, I've honestly, I'd be lying if I said I fully overcome it, but it used to be a massive issue. Like I, I, I am doing this because this is what I love. And quite frankly, I don't care whether a soul listens. I mean, I do, right. That's what, that's the subtle line part. Like I do care. That's why I'm creating it. That's why I'm doing it. But the reason I'm doing it also this way is because my solo stuff or just talking to a computer or a camera, um, I care a heck of a lot more whether the likes, comments, shares, or things are happening, because I don't get any satisfaction. Like if not, if I don't hear anything, I'm like, I don't, I don't find joy in just talking to my computer or my phone. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I find joy in helping people. But if I have no feedback, then I really don't know if it's helping anybody. And now I'm sitting here going, well, am I just spending my time talking into my phone and computer for my own, like, you know, health? But when I talk to you right now, it doesn't really matter though in the big picture whether any other listens or anything else happens to this. And this is the only, like if this recording, God forbid, knocking on wood, but if, if anything happened to this, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world because I just want to help the one person anyways. That's, that's really my goal. I mean, that's for years. I only did the preacher stuff. It was like, you know, I just preached to people and, and yet the stuff behind the scenes was the thing that nobody saw or heard, or they just thought I was a thumbs up, positive, optimistic guy who just screamed into the computer all the time. And that was about it. <laughs> so I wanted to do this and I'm grateful for you taking to also do this with me today because there are, and I do believe that. And I do appreciate that. There are per people who, um, I mean, at times they, 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 I don't know, even know why sometimes it's either they don't have the courage. They don't think I care. They don't think I will listen. I don't know what it is, but you know, they, they don't say anything, but it is making a big impact. And so I know that, and I know you being on here and being willing to share things and other people like you have done this. Um, for those people who are afraid to to do this because they they don't want people to know they need help or they're I had one gal I did the boxer thing with and she wouldn't do this like mm -hmm. she was a firecracker like she was I, <laughs> I'm like I'm going I I don't really I can't fully understand why she was afraid of it but she was and so um, you know creating these different modalities for people to be able to get access to the help um, whether they have the courage to get on a call or to to you do a trial or even pay for something or whatever, this kind of stuff. Cause I did a little survey. I did get feedback. People do like these more than they like my solo stuff, which is actually music to my ears. It's just finding more people to continue to always, you know, have the conversations of course with, because I don't need anybody when I talk you know, by myself, but 
the reality is this is what I love because people mm. get to hear your story and hear themselves in it. And so some right. people might not even need the call simply because they go, I, I, I'm going to piecemeal this together. But I've also had people who six years later now are like, I kind of wish I would have got your actual support because I just tried <laughs> to save money and like piecemeal it. And <laughs> I believe you could have saved me some, some time. So, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's like the weddings right there. The unfortunate thing is, is God bless that hopefully most people only get married once. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, when they've chosen to go, I don't want to spend 500. I don't want to spend 5,000. I don't want to spend 2,500. I don't want to spend 1,500. My friend, my whomever has a camera. I can do it. The most heartbreaking thing were people who came up to me and said, the worst thing I did was try to save 500 bucks because now I don't have a video at all. Or the person I hired to save $500 didn't deliver a video to me or messed it up or blah, 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 blah. And so that's my thing here is, is that, you know, it's twofold. Even yourself, obviously you're having the results. So it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold. My, my, my question is always at times, not that there is a push or people do always need it, but there is that we try to save because of the money thing. And so we do try to piecemeal. Sometimes it works fantastic. And other times, you know, that's, that's kind of the roll of the dice. That was the weddings, right? I'm saving 500 bucks. Sometimes people think they're super happy. Like, oh my gosh, my videographer is amazing, you know? Um, And then there's those other times where they go, wow, I wish I would have. So that's kind of what this coaching and all this is. There's the people like you who came in, rocked out that 30 days and was like, all right, off for the races. I'm going to, I'm going to take that. I'm going to do everything I can with it. And then there's the other people and you got great results. And then there's the other people that, they probably made far more mistakes than would have been needed um, had they still got that kind of support. Um, so that's always how anything will go. You know, we'll, we'll have the um, people who can figure out things just by watching YouTube videos, just by listening, just by watching, just by observing um, people who need the extra support and people who literally, I mean, you are the epitome, uh, which is awesome, which is really my same day at it. I mean, my same day at it, which is actually why I'm really questioning my, my business model with coaching at times, because um, because I am seeing that I really don't want to have to offer ongoing stuff because the reality mm-hmm. is I feel that you are the epitome of who I've helped through the years. Like I, I came up with the name jump starters because I would literally spend one day with an individual and then I'd almost never talk to them again. <laughs> I might keep in touch a little bit. They might reach out here or there. And then exactly what you're saying a year, two years, three years later, they'd go, Michael, I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I would go, I don't even know what I did. I just talked for eight hours. And <laughs> they would go, but yeah, but it changed my life. And I would, I, you know, I came up with, I'm like a jump starter. You know, if you left the lights on in your car, somebody comes and jumps it, you might never see that person again. And you might never need a jump start again. Like there's nothing wrong with a car. You just unfortunately left the lights on. So for you, it was just that little bit of stuckness, right? And then in that 30 days, you got the jump. It's like you didn't necessarily didn't need anything else. Thank you for being on Jumpstarters. 